Hello and welcome to episode 87 of GameSpot After Dark, GameSpot's video game podcast. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Lucy James. Hello. Jean-Luc Seipke. Hello. And Tamar Hussein. Hiya. How y'all doing? Good. How you doing? I'm good. You know, hanging Existing. in there. You know, yeah. I'm surviving. I'm standing for this one, so I've got like a, a kind of a nervous energy where I'm moving around a lot and... So got a pep in the step. Yeah, I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've got a little energy to expend. I think you'll be more more expressive with your hands. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. Too bad yes. most of this thing isn't on video. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. But those who do see the video will see just how hairy my arms really are. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, let's, let's, let's just jump right into what we've been playing. Uh, Jean-Luc, do you want to... St- Actually, you know what, Jean-Luc, why don't we wait on you? Because you're the only one playing that game that comes out April 1st that is a AAA game if I've ever seen one. Oh, so. yes, it is. Half-Life 3? <laughs> yeah, Half-Life 3. April Fool's. <laughs> uh, Tamor, what are you up to? Uh, so I played, uh, so I have two games. I'll get the quick one out of the way. Um, Cozy Grove. Uh, that is a game that is on uh, iOS. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you have to subscribe to Apple <gasps> Game. I have thingy. that. Um, I, I resubscribed for it because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see what's the latest with Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, Cozy Grove is a... It's, to be reductive, I'm sorry if any developers from Cozy Grove are listening to this, but it's Animal Crossing. Um, but it's got uh, the kind of task-based focus and the also kind of sim- similar narrative hooks as Spiritfarer. Ooh, so okay. So basically you go onto an island and mm-hmm. um, there's spirits there. And mm-hmm. there's like a weird, we're trapped here. We've got tasks that we need to do before we move on. And the tasks are effectively basic stuff, you know, like, uh, oh, we need to just collect this thing and feed it to this fire and basic lifestyle things. Um, so it's kind of like the Animal Crossing loop of you want to turn it on every day, do some things and then move on and come back the next day. But mm-hmm. generally everything you're doing is to achieve some sort of objective and usually to push some sort of uh, character-based quest forward. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't played that much of it. I'm like two-ish hours, three hours in. But it's kind of like, I I like Animal Crossing a lot, but I quickly reached that stage where, you know, you have to kind of make your own objectives and make your own fun. Um, So once you've like established yourself and you've got like crafting set up and then it's just like, oh, I want to collect all the insects or I want to make this thing. I want to turn my uh, home into a a uh, a whatever it may be, an arcade or whatever, whatever it is. That's the kind of thing that you come back for. Cozy Grove is more like a you'll get that same vibe and you'll get the same similar kind of tasks. But there's an objective there. You're trying to do something. Um, and then it's just very cute and it's very like chill and it's very mm-hmm. like wholesome. Um, you play a little like a scout, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it's on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. It's nice like once a day bedtime playing for me uh, when I'm trying to like relax. Um, Greg thinks I'm a troll, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I've been called worse by people. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's cozy growth. Good game, fun game. I noticed you misspelled it in the doc. I fixed it for you. Don't worry. I appreciate that you. Did yeah, the, with uh, the Z, we got it. Yeah. No, <laughs> not an S. I hate to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but the game that um, the other game that I've played it was Devotion um, from Red Candle Games. You may How? remember uh, exactly. How indeed? Yeah, um, you may remember know. that the game was delisted from mm -hmm. Steam and various other digital platforms because it's a Chinese developed game and it came out at a time where, forgive me if I get the details of this wrong, but the controversy was around a, I think it was, uh, there was a piece of art in there that was uh, Winnie the Pooh, which at the time was used uh, as a kind of internet representation to speak to or represent um, like, uh, I think it was like the a government figure it might have been the president mm -hmm. or it's, the prime it's, minister it's uh xi jinping the yeah, president xi, yeah. xi jinping yeah so like and that caused an issue and it got censored and then it got taken down and it vanished for a while it, it also was supposed to come to gog around the time cyberpunk came out oh, with all the controversy yeah. and so, then they backpedaled on that as well because they got yeah. yeah they got such a negative reaction so i believe like that that happened and the problem was at the same time as that happened that's when all the reviews and the chatter around it hit. Um, and everyone was like, this game's great. And that was frustrating because nobody could actually buy it. Red Candle mm -hmm. Games really like a well-known studio for doing what they do. Like, And so what they did is they vanished for a while and now it's back. You can buy it from their own website. Red Candle Games have set up a direct kind of like method for you to buy it from them. It's DRM free. It cost me, I think it was like $25 or something like that. Three hour game and uh, three, three and a half, four hour game. Really excellent. Like I really, really enjoyed it. I played it. I started it thinking oh, I'll dip into it and see what it's like and then come back to it and play it on the weekend. And it grips you immediately. Um, again, at the risk of being reductive, it's a, I don't know if we... It's kind of like PT. It's narrative driven. Um, mm -hmm. There's that looping kind of like environment idea. Um, and the the kind of, that's the basic gameplay format of it. You are effectively engaging with um, objects in the environment and little story moments. Um, but it's the narrative that really, really, it makes it special. And it's one of those games where this so, it's a three hour game, really simple. But there's so much to unpack from it thematically and what it's about. Because it's a story setup is you you're a guy in a family, you are a screenwriter, and you were you used to be great. Now you might be a bit waning. Your wife is a former movie star, recording artist that gave up that life to um, kind of settle down and live with you. And then you have a daughter who's a kind of up and coming virtuoso. She's taking after her mother a bit and is um, uh, like likes to sing, but then there's also pressures on her to be someone famous, like her mother was and like her father was, and the girl is also going through some issues as a result of that, and then the family itself is also struggling with various other issues, and the pressures of life are kind of um, form making cracks form. And then there's like various layers of things on top of that. Like the father is super into like traditional medicine and he's like all about praying to various gods for uh, kind of to help deal with life's issues. Whereas the mother is a little more like we need to do this, while, you know, get our shit together and actually make, you know, attempts at, you know, improving our situation. And the daughter is caught up in all this and... It starts off as kind of like, I mean, it starts off like, oh, okay, you're just 
going through something and then very quickly descends into kind of like a the psychological and horror representation of all that and the impact it's having mm. on 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 the various people and it's it does that thing where um it uses horror in a way in a way the the kind of uh what remains of edith finch does where mm -hmm. you know you have those kind of like motifs and pastiches and the thing that they're trying to pro uh, portray to you narratively is is done through a gameplay style that doesn't necessarily match up to it and it's kind of like weird you know have the you have the kind of like um in edith finch is it edith finch no, i'm not thinking i'm thinking of the wrong game here no, um, hang on. Edith Finch. I think it's Edith Finch. Where you like, it, yeah, there's like the like chopping the, the fish. Baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, well, I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was getting confused with another walking simulator. Oh, um, the vanishing everybody's of, gone to the rapture. Yeah, I think oh, it's or like the vanishing, vanishing yeah. of Ethan Carter, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's like that where you have like the fish, fishmonger kind of like uh, beheading the fish kind of represents that, that kind of like the the descent into just you know losing your mind a bit and mundane life that kind of stuff it does a lot of that to tell a lot of stories and at the same time you're kind of piecing the history of the family together um and each individual person and getting a deeper insight into their psyche and the things that are causing them to be who they are and by the end of it you're kind of like it's one of those things where you feel like damn that was a tragic sad kind of journey and but there's not there's also an element of hope to it at the end of kind of like once you've gone through it um but yeah it's it's fascinating and every time i think about it i think of a new thing and it's very i love that it leans into itself and it's you can tell that a studio a chinese studio made this game like it's it's all about life in china they're not trying to filter it to be like oh how can we make this appealing to you know um westerners the kind of ideologies and the mindsets and the and the um, kind of temperament of people—it's all very, very Chinese Asian. Um, they're not trying to create allegories or like metaphors for for Westerners mm -hmm. to make Westerners understand it. It's it is you know like the the father relies on spirituality because you know he is brought up in that mindset because he's part of an Asian family, um, and also like the mother struggles with some of the prejudices and cultural restrictions that might be put on a woman who suddenly achieves so, uh, superstardom and, and is like going through something, you know, there's bits where she's struggling in her marriage and her mother's telling her like, this is how marriages are. And you know, this is, you have to tough it out when that's a very like arcane mindset that is common not common but like it's more more enduring in certain cultures like my own for example and asian cultures um whereas you know most westerners would be like you know seek therapy etc etc so it mm -hmm. is it is very very asian in a lot of ways and i really like that um but yeah it's 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 a must play like i think it's it wasn't unfortunately um uh eligible for um game of the year last year um, best of but i definitely will be arguing for it in this year because it's it's easily become one of the, my one of the most distinct and lasting impressions from a game i've had this year so far so were you were you able to do it in one sitting or was it pretty because yeah. it sounds maybe like it could be a game that's tough to get through not because it's boring just because it's heavy no no it, it is heavy in a lot of ways but like i said the thing where it kind of abstracts what it's trying to tell you into a into a different kind of experience is 
it really helps with that. It doesn't become too heavy. It helps you pass the messages in a way that isn't like overwhelming. Um, and it's got some really like light, uh, whimsical, almost quirky moments, like gameplay moments. There's like storybook moments and stuff like that are really sweet. Um, and then unfortunately it does kind of rip you back to reality by kind of having this like, uh, that means this happens and this sucks, but you know, mm-hmm. it, but it's still like, I, I think, um, I think most people who start it will probably play it in one playthrough because it's kind of gripping that way. Like you want to keep going and it doesn't like have any, it's got this really interesting structure where you're kind of going into three, you're going into rooms, you're going into the apartment in three different eras, three different years and Mm -hmm. experiencing a moment that happened in that year. And when you, and, but you're doing that to put together a a picture of the whole uh, event. So it's kind of like you're always going back and forth to a familiar environment. So it feels quite comfortable and it feels quite breezy. So I found myself like just very quickly zipping in and out of puzzles and getting it done super fast. So it, if it was like three and a half, four hours, but it did not feel like that. It felt like an hour hmm. at most. Wow. Dang. I might try to get through that tonight then. That sounds really cool. It's right. Yeah. It's a game that I've been wanting to play for a while. I mean, partly because of the controversy, like I wanted to see what it was about and partly because mm-hmm. uh, the game... What are the red candles, right? That they had done before. Uh, I I have it. I haven't played it yet, but I know it's re- it was reviewed pretty well, and a, a lot of people really enjoyed yeah. it. And they seem like a very talented studio. So we we uh, back when it first came out in like actually no, was it this year we did a review of it? What year like are we in? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. I think. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> I mean, like I, I don't know if we did this. I think we did it when it first came out. Actually, Richard Wakeling um, reviewed mm. it for us and gave it a nine oh, out of ten. Yeah. Um, okay yeah and like his ending was it doesn't quite what his uh, conclusion was devotion doesn't quite match the anxiety inducing frights that permeate each cautious step forward in games like pt and 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 amnesia the dark descent but it's domestic terror burrows deep inside of your psyche long after final credits have rolled it's a sorrowful story that meshes malice with tenderness metaphors with stark truths and it achieves it all with nuance kind of environmental storytelling others can only strive for it is that you know the horror of a uh, a kind of home life gone bad Mm-hmm. like there's something like really horrible about it and it reminded me of a movie called um i think it's called blue valentine with ryan gosling yeah i think he's yes in and you know how that movie is just like you witness these people's relationship just absolutely melt down and you just feel so shit and you feel like real awful watching it happen it's kind of like that you get to see it's that domestic horror domestic mm-hmm. the uh, the un- undoing of a a loving relationship and family dynamic and there's a there's a weird kind of like fright to that to, terror to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Damn. Excited to play it. Uh, I I have been playing Disco Elysium: The Final Cut. I know you've been playing some of it as well, Lucy. Yeah. Uh, we've been playing it on PS5, and I think we might actually have. Well, I mean, we'd have stuff to say anyway, but we've got <laughs> some unfortunate news, at least in some regard. It's <sighs> it's a bit buggy. Playing it's not on a the controller. Best way to play. Yeah, playing on a controller is not always ideal. It's still a fantastic game, in my opinion. Some of the mm-hmm. dialogue writing is is top notch, but yeah, playing with a controller is not ideal. And when you throw in some of the weird bugs I've had so far, like actually, I was going to say nothing game breaking, but I guess there was <laughs> there were points where I had to reload a save because the 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 dialogue options just weren't showing up for me. Yeah, I've had that one a few times. I actually was really 
the weird thing is, is that they're bugs that made me think, thought I, they were bugs that made me think that I was stupid because I loaded up the game and the first thing that happens in it is your, um, your sort of mammalian brain. The li- Oh no, it's not even the mammalian, it's the lizard brain is mm-hmm. talking to you and there was no way for me to progress that. Oh, really? And so I was like, am I, am I doing something wrong? Like quit out, checked the, um, checked the controls and I was like, oh no, okay, so it should be right. And then when you wake up in the motel room for the first time, I just was like walking up to stuff because the way that it does it is you can't just walk up to stuff, stuff highlights and you hit X. Mm -hmm. You have to select it with the right thumbstick. Yeah, but it's, also, it's like an invisible cursor. Like at that yeah. point, I don't know why they just didn't give us a cursor we yeah. could control. It's like, weirdly, I think of it as like you have to point your head or your eyes towards the thing that you want to interact with. Mm. That's mm. probably a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. And But it just, it doesn't always work. Sometimes you're, you're looking the wrong way. How are you finding it with voice acting? Good, but that's actually some of the bugs that I've run into is that I'll be in a oh, conversation really? and someone will just stop talking and I'll, oh. I'll have to take over and read. That That's probably the bug that I've run into the most mm-hmm. where a character will have a voice and then all of a sudden it'll disappear and then it'll just be like I'm reading it again, which isn't terrible. You know, like I played through the original and, you know, I'd probably say what, like 75% of that game was unvoiced. So you oh, were yeah, doing a lot wait, of reading. Oh, yeah, even more probably. Yeah, maybe even more. Um so, so it's fine, but like since that is one of the big things they were promoting mm-hmm. with this version, it, it kind of sucks that that is a bug we're running into. They have already patched it, so hopefully mm-hmm. uh, there'll be more soon that will work those issues out. But like, I, like if you can play this on PC, play it. Uh, but I imagine if you can play it on PC, you probably would have already played it by now, and maybe you're not super interested into the final cut. Because um, I feel like a lot of people excited for this release were there for the PlayStation and Switch version, which mm. is the Switch version out yet? No, that one's not coming out for a while. Yeah. I mean, I think they've said, what, P- PS5 and then PS5 and PC, then it'll be Stadia, then it'll be Xbox and who knows about Switch. Okay. Because yeah, I pre-ordered the collector's edition on Switch. It asked me what platform I wanted. And I did Switch because... I was like, well, I probably will get it on PS5 right away so I can test mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. I already have it on PC, so I should automatically get the Final Cut mm-hmm. version. And Switch is the one that I probably won't play it on, but like, I'd still like to own it on there. But I guess yeah, that Collector's um, Edition won't be coming for a while. I was going to say, because I don't want to play that handheld. No. Because even, like you said, even with the text size, you can increase it. You can also make it smaller, which is baffling to me because it's already tiny. Uh, but I couldn't imagine that on a, on a handheld yeah, switch. Yeah, even like at max, like to be clear for people who are still thinking, oh, I can increase the size. If you have trouble reading on screens, even at its max, it's difficult. Like You, you go from a size 10 mm-hmm. to an 11 font. Yeah, it's, it's, basically. it's very, it takes a lot of like anyone who's like got any sort of uh, difficulties reading small text. It's not a good game to to jump in with unless you're playing on pc and you can get up real close yeah but i mean i guess you do have the thing is as well though i was gonna say while it is voiced it's only what the characters say is voiced so and for the example, thoughts in your head uh, yeah and the thoughts in your head so if there's a character who says something and there's some kind of description as to what they're doing maybe they give you they she looks at you with a forlorn look in her eye for example you wouldn't hear that part oh. said out loud mm-hmm. 
it's mm. just the text, but also your responses aren't said out loud either. Yeah. So there is always going to be some element of reading. Is there any sort of like PlayStation 5 level accessibility thing that you could maybe change? Like there is. Um, I don't think it happens within games themselves. Ah. There is a PS5 reader, um, mm. which you can turn on, but I think that's only for PS5 menus. Ah, okay. That's a shame. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a bummer. I think, though, if... You know, you, if you don't have a PC, you've been hearing a lot about this game and you've been excited to check it out. It's absolutely worth it. Like oh, it is yes, it one of my is. favorite games of 2019. Like maybe give it a couple weeks for updates if you're not in a big rush. But man, is this game good. Like I did the, the I guess, side quest sort of thing where you explore that abandoned commercial area, that commercial building. Oh, yeah. And it's just one of my favorite moments in the game mm -hmm. by far. The way it like subverts your expectations, but kind of doesn't at the same time. And then when you come back, you can just kind of lie about the whole thing you saw. You can tell the truth. And like the poor woman is like so fixed in her weird beliefs that she just doesn't buy. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but like yeah. just, just the interaction, the characters you meet, the weird places the game goes just makes it super interesting. Like I was saying before the podcast that I'm playing through as just a complete incompetent cop this time. So I've given myself one in every single stat and it is interesting. I think I've died about four times already and I haven't made it out of the whirling and rags. Oh, really? I, oh yeah. I, I, uh, reached up for my tie, died. Oh, yeah. I tried oh, to escape. I, I tried to escape uh, without the guy noticing me, and I or because he's like, you, you owe me a hundred dollars, and you can try to escape. And I ran away and tripped and fell, died because I only had one health. <laughs> just like I'm, ju I'm just keep dying. I went outside, like I can't even interact with the body hanging up on the corpse because every time I get close to it, I just vomit. Like I just, <laughs> you just can't do anything. And and uh, your partner, who's fantastic, like Kim, Kim, Kim is one of the best. Just is like. Is like you got to pull it together, and finally, I'm just like, I don't want to be a cop anymore. And he's like, well, Why don't we just give it 30 minutes? We'll come back and see if we can do this again. <laughs> and I just look at my stats, and I'm like, No, this is gonna be this is gonna be the entire game is me just trying to figure out how to interact with this body. I I uh, spoke to the uh, the guy who's looking after the uh, the bar area. Um, he's yeah. like, he's oh, not a bartender, okay? Yeah, um, yeah. Cafeteria and, uh, manager. Yeah, cafeteria manager. <laughs> And, uh, Three locations to yeah. be exact. I'd never, I've not done this. Like, I didn't really have this kind of um, interaction. But this time, um, I told him I was a feminist, and then he asked me for. Uh, he told me that uh, I owe him money, and I legged it. <laughs> and it was, the, <laughs> it was like the funniest. It was like the funniest like exchange because he was like, I'm, I was like, I'm a feminist. He was like, All right, Mister Feminist, you owe me. 120 rails and then my character just starts running away <laughs> and like I, I recorded I recorded it and um, it was the one time where uh, the PlayStation mic I on the on the controller yeah again I forgot to mute it so you can hear me just go <laughs> in the background <laughs> while I'm doing it and uh, my, my character is like I, I'm entirely committed to convincing uh, Kutsuragi that the uh, the case is mysterious and sexy so I think that's what I'm going for this, this time around <laughs> A mysterious I, uh, and sexy case. Yeah. Oh my god! I so I I when I reloaded after I died, I did it again, and and he was like, "You owe me money," and you can just arrest him. So I was like, "We're <laughs> yeah. going to arrest you," but I didn't have the authority to do it. So he was like, "You're an idiot," and I was just like, and then I think I ended the conversation with like, "Fuck this place! I don't need this place. I'll live on the streets if I have to." And then you get the thing like, "Do you want to become hobo cop?" So I'm like trying yeah. to become hobo cop now. I've, I've I'm trying to internalize hobo cop. 
because um, I played it fairly straight-laced the first time. Same. And so now I'm trying to be a, a bit more wacky. My favorite thing is uh, you obviously wake up and you have no idea who you are, or where you are, or what you're doing. And so I'm leaning into not discovering my own name. And there's a really great interaction you can have with Kim where he, I think you're talking to the cafeteria guy and Kim looks at you and he realizes he doesn't know your name. And you get all these options where it's like, I'm the harbinger of ruin. Yes. Or like, <laughs> I am a pun. And then my favorite one is, I'm actually between names at the yeah. moment. <laughs> Which is the one I absolutely went for. There's also an option to be like, uh, you're not ready for this right now. Or it's not the yeah, time right yeah. now. So you can be like, yeah. create just goes, okay. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to start using that at parties. When people ask me about my yeah. name, I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm in between names right now. I'm yeah. There's also so another one which really made me laugh when you're like getting to know Kim for the first time and he's like asking him questions about him. He's like, yeah, you can ask me some questions, I guess. And he's like, you're wearing glasses. And Kim goes, yeah. yep. And that's it. <laughs> you can play that cup like this. That lady uh, up front in the wheelchair and the first thing you can say is you're in a wheelchair. And it's just like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> what i uh i we i mean we're gonna like spoil the whole not spoil the whole game but like these are just some of the opening goofs but that woman you <laughs> you need money and so i basically begged her i'm, I'm putting a lot of my a lot of my points into like drama and so yeah. i'm trying to be like i need a patron please <laughs> support me and she just feels so bad for you that she gives you a pin this is, but it's like this is so good to be clear this is all within the first area of the game yeah, the oh, first yeah. day this is like the first building yeah this is yeah. this is like you don't this is like a, an hour of actual content so it's yeah. it's yeah. just that continues for many many more <sighs> so hours good. yeah so. and like the, the the things that can happen are pretty absurd like there's one particular thing i won't spoil it but that i i've heard can happen that i am hell-bent to try to figure out because mm. uh, it sounds completely absurd i don't know how the game works like it but according to uh a friend who played through it, she was like, yeah, you can do this. And I was like, I might no know what way. you're talking about. I might know. Uh, the one thing I'll say is it's, like, it's, it's, you can get, there's a certain partner you can get who can help yeah, you out yeah, depending yeah. I know, on I know what, what you're you talking do. about. Yeah. Um, Which is what I want to do. Cause I know Jake said like, um, maybe give it a couple of weeks, but, um, if you are definitely interested in it and now might be the time to at least totally. buy it because it's on sale currently. Um, 20% yes, off. Yeah, it's like 20% off. So if you, if you're sure you want to play it, um, you probably should buy it now and then maybe if you're like I doesn't sound ideal for me right now give it a little bit a few weeks before yeah. you actually get going otherwise you'll be paying $40 $50 for it mm -hmm. 10out10gamesport.com yeah I mean it, it's worth it though uh, and like just some of the situations you end up in like right off the bat like I'm, I've got a plastic bag and I'm just collecting bottles in order Same. to make money. And it, it, this game also has one of my favorite scenes in like the last five years that I won't spoil, but I think it is just one of oh. the most incredible scenes that you can just, you can build up as much as you want, depending on what kind of cop you are. And it just works so well. It, it's so I've good. Got, I've got the necktie. Which I'm hoping. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I the, didn't get it on my terrible cop playthrough because I kept yeah. dying. I was like, "All right, we're just no necktie." <laughs> so the necktie is like it talks to you, right? Is that mm -hmm. it? Does and, yeah. And yeah. Like, if you give if you your psyches high enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It becomes like this talking necktie. That's so good. Yeah. What a bizarre game. Yeah, it's and, strange and but very if good. You, I would highly recommend watching the GameSpot episode of Audio oh, yeah. Logs on yeah. Disco Elysium. Yeah, yeah. because it is, faves. it is unreal how much thought they put into like creating the thought cabinet. And also, like my favorite thing about that entire thing is just listening to Robert Kowitz talk about UI 
Also, mm-hmm. I can yeah. listen to this man talk about UI forever. It's <laughs> unreal. So good. That's yeah. one of my faves. Anyway, Lucy, you've been playing It Takes Two. How's that going? Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited it's to play it. genuinely, like, so, so good. I've been playing through it with friend of the show, Simon Cardi, um, because uh, uh, just I wanted to play it with Zach, but he was less interested in it than, and he, he said he'd play it with me, but I, like he's not really one for like, I don't know. I've never played a game in a long stretch with him before. And so Cardi and I just like text him one day and he was like, do you want to play it? And I was like, yeah. But that, is he all right? Is he all right? I don't know. I don't I'm know genuinely what worried about him. There. He sounds like he's got a knife and he's like wielding it about there. Well, the last lock, time, the I'll last time Greg yelled this much on a podcast, we could hear immediately after we ended. I checked Twitter, and I think Jen had tweeted like, "Whatever, oh, yeah. whatever hell that just happened." <laughs> like I, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I, I heard that." <laughs> yeah, um, it's part so, of the no, show. Car- friend of the show, friend mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, so Cardi and I are playing through. It takes two. And honestly, it is one that I do want to replay anyway because you play as one of the two in a couple. Um, I'm currently playing through as May, and Cardi's playing through as uh, Cody. But throughout the course of the game, you get different, not abilities, you get different like things to interact with the rest of the world. So, you know, early on in the game, I have a hammer and he has the nails. And so I just want to see how the gameplay differs. But I genuinely, it's so fun and each section like it's basically there's been a lot of comparisons to pixar and i can totally see it and it's not just in how it looks but it's the fact that like the world is so detailed and you go into different rooms and so for example one of the rooms is um you know you can have like the shed and so you have everything that's going to be in a shed you could be in an attic you could be in a kid's bedroom the kid's bedroom was definitely my favorite one so far because they just took everything that was around so you know there's basically like a minecraft-esque place that's made up of building blocks there's um probably one of the most inventive boss fights i've ever done on a chessboard which was just and it, it and like they take things like boss fights and they make them so cool and interesting and unique and then throughout scattered throughout the game there's obviously like you're just trying to get through these levels and it's pretty straightforward like there's you kind of go into these new rooms and there's like a little place to explore there's usually a mini game which always pits you against each other which is super fun and um annoyingly cardi's beat me on like every single one except for about three Um, but there's loads of those and loads of little hidden easter eggs and fun things to find and you know, all of the platforming, all of the levels require you to be talking, like actively talking to the other person. Like there's no way you could just do this silently because a lot of the stuff requires timing. There's no ping system. There's no countdown system. Um, But in terms of the actual story itself, it's a couple that's in the middle of a divorce and their kid turns them into a toy, uh, into toys to try and unintentionally but wants them to stay together. And so they are being guided around by a book, Dr. Hakeem, uh, very much playing into sort of like the Latin lover tropes. He's very uh, like bombastic, like bursts into the room and, you know, is trying to be the therapist in their relationship. And it's, it's written like really well. And I think it's really funny. I am really enjoying it. I do think they should get divorced though, but it is nice. I don't know. So I don't know what happens, but it's like, I think they should get divorced. 
Like, but, you know, there is an ending to the story, so they might stay together, they might get divorced. But you are not only, like, going with them on this journey to, like, figuring out why they're breaking up, but you kind of also see a little bit back in time and discover why they love each other so much in the first place and how their journey has led them to this. And it's just a really cool examination of a relationship. I hope they, if they do, they could do, like, divorce DLC. This is what would happen. <laughs> I want to know what kind of blackmail Joseph Ferris has on EA to to be able to make this game under EA. Like, yeah. well, the thing is as well, like it is unbelievably detailed. Yeah, unbelievably. Well, that, that's what's even more surprising because I mean, even like the, a way out to a lesser extent. Like, it wasn't quite like triple A, but it was almost there to the point where it was like, but I, I could see why that got made because it was like a prison break, you know? I, I think yeah. the most impressive thing is like they, they that studio convinced EA to include a free giftable copy of the game in as with every purchase, <laughs> yeah. which is like, yeah. how do you convince EA to give shit away for free? That's wild. Yeah. There's, blackmail well, is involved. Yeah. If you're on that free one, you don't get trophies, FYI. Oh, so yes. that's why. Me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the, the one thing I'll say as well is that it's not only that each level is so um, so intricate and so packed full of stuff, it's the fact that they're doing the Mario thing of introducing a new mechanic per level, mm. which is, so, you know, there's, um, we, we just finished the garden bit and I had a gardening hose and Cardi, Cardi's character had a leaf on his head and he could go into into the soil and do stuff and then, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was weird. And then, you know, there's the hammer and nail that I mentioned from earlier. There is um we're in a room right now where my ability is that I sing and his ability is something else. But you know, it's just like super cool and it does the Mario thing of introducing it to you, showing you a use case example, and then gradually getting harder and harder. That is and um that is great to cool. hear that people are taking on that legacy from Mario because yeah. as we all know Mario is gonna die soon. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone will need to I think Mario dies tomorrow actually. Oh Mario dies. So by the time you hear this Mario is dead. Yeah. yeah. We'll 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 talk we'll we'll discuss that later. But anyway, before we do that, Jean Luc, you have been playing a big triple A game, but before you talk about that, do you want to talk about the other game you've been playing? Yeah. <laughs> uh I'll talk about uh, the hottest AAA game of 2006, Oblivion. Hell yeah. Hop back on that Oblivion train. Uh, but the reason I, I bring it up is because I'm not playing Oblivion. My girlfriend is playing Oblivion for the Ooh. very first time. Uh, and I think the, whenever, like, Jake, you probably have, have had this, where every time you talk about Oblivion, you're always like, yeah, like for back in the day, it was really cool. And like, you're always like, there's like this nostalgia goggles you kind of have to put on and be like, ah, oh, you know, like the faces looked then. weird. There's no sprinting like, but, but there was something about it. Yeah. It was fully voiced, even though it was only like 10 people. Like it was, it was really cool. Uh, which always makes me like feel weird about like recommending it. Cause I'm always like, is this just mm. me? Like, is it just my nostalgia? Is it like a hard game to recommend? Uh, but I was, I was like, you know, feeling the, the itch because of, uh, you know, the 15 uh, year anniversary and, you know, Jake, you made that video and you were playing it. And I was like, hey, let's let's try playing it. And why don't you try playing it? Because it's actually, well, first off, my, my girlfriend claims she's bad at games. She's not. She's better at games than she thinks she is. Uh, but I would also say it's not actually like a complicated game. It's like very easy to pick up and, and play. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
to my absolute surprise, she is like, I, I would say almost obsessed with it. Like every night we're like, let's play more Oblivion. Let's go. Wow. And not only has she never played, she doesn't play open world games like this. Uh, she hates fantasy, like hates oh. fantasy. It's like not in a fantasy at all. And I think what makes it work here is that uh, Oblivion does not bore you with any of its like fantasy mm -hmm. jargon nonsense. They're like, if you want to read a book and learn about, you know, the history of the Dwemer or whatever, you can do that. Doesn't matter. You're just here to do fun quests and run around and loot stuff. And I'm I'm learning... I'm learning so many things about her specifically that in dialogue, she will be like, she'll pick the nicest option. Like what's the friendliest thing I can do. The second she's not in dialogue, she's like, can I kill that person? Can I take their stuff? How do I loot them? I need to sell everything. And I'm like, Oh, okay, uh, all right. So it's like, okay, well we got to get you over to the thieves guild. Then if you want to loot everything, like there were a couple hours where she's like, I just want to take everything. And I was like, hold on. You can't sell it yet. We gotta get you a fence first. <laughs> I love the idea of Jean-Luc learning a lot about his partner based on the amount of times he has stopped you violated the law from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's it's so much fun like seeing uh somebody who's like never played that game, like with fresh mm. eyes and like what is you know gravitating them about it. So it's like for her, she just she just likes the satisfaction of like, you know, taking everyone's stuff. Like she will go through a dungeon. She'll like kill everyone, fill up loot and be like, okay, I got to leave now mid quest. sell all this stuff, come back, pick up more of the loot because I'm not leaving a single piece of armor untouched. I'm taking all of it with me. And I was like, you might actually like fallout four. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Fall, like fallout four is not like you, you would hate the story and you'd find the dialogue bad because it's, I don't it's know. Not, based on but, based on what you said, she likes like she might actually like thief. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, well, let's just let's just do dishonored. There's yeah. a lot of stuff oh, no, to no, nick no. in dishonored. She, she she likes dishonored. She's never played dishonored, but uh, she she's watched other people play dishonored. Mm -hmm. She loves the first dishonored. So yeah. I feel like I'll I'll eventually get her to actually like play it for herself. Um, but yeah. it's just something about Oblivion. It's just like. It's just chill. There's no, it's like the most like consequence free, uh, like fantasy open world. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I guess the emperor died, whatever. Just wander around and talk to people and yeah. steal do some you, apples. Do you think you'll, you'll give her, try and get her to move on Skyrim? Cause it's more of the same, right? Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think so. Um, cause I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm debating like, I'm like, okay, well we can skip fallout three cause fallout three is just not very good. Mm. Um, or, or more like the things that you would get out of Fallout 3. It's like if you want a better story, you play New Vegas. If you want better like shooting and like open world mechanics, you play 4. So it's like I have a hard time like thinking of like why we would play yeah. 3. Mm -hmm. um, but Skyrim, yeah, Skyrim for sure. Like I, I nice. think she would really enjoy Skyrim. Yeah, when I think about it, like I, I think what made like kind of what you talked about, what makes those games so special is just how how easy it is just to be play entirely different from someone else. Like a lot of times it's not even on purpose, you know, there's no like, this is the route you have to play because you chose your class. And I know there is kind of a class decision at the beginning of Oblivion, but like, even with that, it's still just like, all right, well now I'm going to be a thief and now I'm going to like start selling a bunch of shit like crazy. Now I want to do dark brotherhood, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's just like one of the most, 
enduring things about that game, even though it is pretty old and janky, like that that freedom, which to be fair, you know, is in Skyrim and is in other Bethesda games. But I don't know, Oblivion just does something with it that it's really hard to put my finger on, even though I made a 15 minute video about <laughs> why. It's like still hard to explain. Yeah. And I think like when I recommend it to people, well, like I think if someone like had never played uh, an Elder Scrolls game, I would probably say start with Oblivion and then play Skyrim. Because if you start with Skyrim and go to Oblivion, it, you probably wouldn't have a good time. If you start with Oblivion, enjoy yeah. it. Cool. If not, move right on to Skyrim. But if someone's played Skyrim, I just usually tell them like, just wait for Skyblivion whenever that comes out in like oh. the next couple years because... Mm. You know, they, they just put out like a really cool looking piece of gameplay. And, and I, I mean, like it, it, it looks great. Like it seems like you'll get the full experience, but just with all of those quality of life stuff that you yeah. get from well, Skyrim. Enough, Although there's, there's like a lot in common between the way you play Oblivion and what it gives you and Disco Elysium. Like, yeah, the kind of the kind of weirdness to it and the emergent nature of a lot of the, the quirky parts of it and how that is part of the fun of it is the same across both games. Yeah, totally. I, I, there's also just like, not to say like Skyrim isn't Paul, it, it isn't janky in, in its own charming way, but there's something about Oblivion's jank that's just like, it's the fact that you walk into a bar and like five people will like have like a looping conversation where they're just going and then in they circles, all look at you and then they all look at you. <laughs> and also they're all voiced by the exact same person. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's so weird. It's in like how... If it's it, presentation. It's it's bizarre. Or how the camera zooms in whenever you talk to yeah. someone. It just gets really close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a two-man sketch or two-person sketch comedy show, like on a stage. Yeah. Just like they've got very little to work with. Let's see how they create all these weird, funny scenarios. And that's what it does. But then when you get to Skyrim, it's just like, oh, we've got an entire cast. that We've got a proper theatrical cast. And it's like, yeah, it's not as charming anymore. I liked it when it was two dudes and they just kept saying the same stuff. Back yeah, in. just yeah. What, Wes Johnson voicing like literally 150 <laughs> characters or something like that. Yeah, he, he uh, he's the he's the voice of that game. Yeah, <laughs> he's the voice of the series as far as I'm concerned. If uh, yeah. you I know you I'm sure you have, but have you guys seen any of the Lefebvre bros stuff? They do like really short oblivion sketches. Mm -hmm. oh, no. oh, I've seen them on TikTok, I think. Yeah, probably they, they do like like they do like real world, but oblivion like they poison an apple and a guy's pretending to be a guard and bites mm -hmm. and goes. Arr! <laughs> and just falls over and dies. <laughs> Lefebvre brothers, it, it, look it up. It's it's if you've played Oblivion and you haven't seen those videos, you will you you'll be very you'll be very happy. I think they're just called like Oblivion one, two, three, four, five, six. They yeah. did like eight of them. I, I also highly recommend. Uh, I think their name is just Bacon underscore on YouTube, and yeah. they just make these like short thirty second clips from Oblivion of just like yeah characters doing this weird stuff like one of my favorites is uh there's this woman named rena brilliant in shaden uh coral and you go to her and she's like i'm rena brilliant i love dogs doesn't everyone and then they immediately turn around and her husband is just punching her dogs <laughs> to death <laughs> and we know that clip so well because we just love like watching those randomly <laughs> that when uh, Georgia started playing it, we went to Coral and she sees Rena Bruin with the dog. She's like, that's the dog lady <laughs> from the video. <laughs> that's the other thing. You'll like if you play Oblivion, all these memes will make yeah. more sense. <laughs> A thousand yeah. times more sense. Mm. But anyway, Jean-Luc, Outriders, how is it? Oh, boy, Outriders. Um, 
Yeah, so that is technically out as of the recording of this Ah, technically out. My favorite kind of out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Never mind. Um, uh, I I admittedly haven't got too deep in past what was available in the demo because I actually restarted because the character I, I originally played was a Technomancer, which is like a long range class. And oh boy, trying to play that game single player long range is a bad idea because a bunch of the enemies just like rush you. Yeah. And so I, I did that class too and I'm yeah. regretting it. I'm going to re-roll. I, I re-rolled to the Pyromancer and I'm having okay. a lot more fun. They're more mid-ranged. Um, their whole thing is you basically like want to get fire damage on enemies and then as you shoot or kill those enemies that have fire damage it gives you health back nice. so that is that's actually pretty cool it's like this fun little back and forth loop but there's just something about that game that is just it's not it's not clicking in the way i feel like it it should um in pretty much every aspect uh, i was gonna say are you talking story are you talking gameplay because that's I, i'm talking yeah i'm talking everything so i guess story I, so, like, I recently replayed a little bit of Bulletstorm, which is a previous mm. People Can Fly game. And I love Bulletstorm because Bulletstorm, like, just does not give a single shit. And it's, like, its story is complete nonsense. It knows it's nonsense. It's not trying to be anything serious. It's just trying to say, like, absurd, the most absurd thing possible just to, like, get a get a chuckle out of you. And I respect it about that because it's at, at the very it's not like brilliant writing, but at the very least, it feels like they're just having fun with it. This game is like trying to be serious with it with its like tone. But then also the characters will like have these like pithy one liners thrown in. So like it, neither of it really works. And the none of the jokes land, I think, because of like the the pacing of the cutscenes is awkward like there's all these awkward pauses between mm-hmm. characters as they're supposed to be like delivering these jokes and and they all fall extremely flat for me i was like man uh none of this is is like hitting the way it should so i i like the premise of like the world but like just nothing about the execution is is like really selling me on it i was uh i played the demo uh, up until the kind of bit that it lets you go loose and the bit in the story that got me is like obviously it's like a end of the world thing you're an outrider searching for a new planet and mm-hmm. you're with a guy tanner who's dressed like the guy from fallout 4 who tells you that settlements are in trouble <laughs> yeah and he is like tells you that oh you know kid it doesn't matter you let me die you don't owe me anything i got you the the seat on the on the flight out and I got the other one for my daughter who's pregnant and I was like he's gonna die (laughs) and then he dies in like the next five minutes and this is the first opening (laughs) 10 minutes of the game and it just yeah and and it's like you can do the b-movie sci-fi plot but if you're gonna take it that seriously it has to be good like if you're if you're in on it like Bulletstorm was you know you can kind of get away with it a bit more but the the writing for me is like there is cool things in it that i like like the um the woman who you're with early on in the game and then like is the lead later on and and she's all like disheveled yeah Yeah. and and, like she was like happy-go-lucky and now she's just like this cold-hearted you know because of the 
30 years you've been asleep. Yeah. Like, I, I agree. Like, I like the, I like that the beats they're trying to do, but then just like nothing about the individual scenes seem to like work. I, I opened up the inventory and I saw the destiny, like, <sighs> yeah. and I just, I just let out a sigh because I, it just, well, what's really weird is at least so far it, it's it's the most like un live service game mm-hmm. I've played, and that like everything about its structure is extremely single player. You're just going yeah. through these levels. You occasionally do a side mission, and then you just keep going, and you're picking up loot. Even the story is like, you know, it it's like you're the last outrider, and there's like so there's like no like story conceit for why I'd be playing with other people the way like Destiny kind of like tries to seed all that stuff mm-hmm. in. So it's like. Why why is this game a live service game? It's if if it's, it's is, very bizarre. Is it a live service game or is it just it has the trappings of a live service game? Well, it, it so every time you beat a mission, they're like, "Oh, you can replay this mission to get more loot." Uh and you'll get different rewards or you can roll back and do this and there's like um I granted I'm very early, so like I'm curious like what other stuff kind of pops in later game, but it it seems to be wanting you to like hey you can redo these and you can roll for different loot it's got this thing called um world tier which is actually kind of interesting oh world uh, tier is cool yeah world tier is cool where basically it's like you pick your tier and your tier is your difficulty uh and and that's also associated with how much uh like loot drops you get for like legendary drops and and at any point even in the mid mission you can adjust the world tier hmm. uh which i think is pretty cool so like um playing the game solo it's actually pretty tough if you try and like follow at the current highest world tier so occasionally i've had to like oh i need to like bring it down a little bit um because this is clearly uh meant for multiplayer uh but it like just lets you do that and 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 i think that's an interesting idea you know what other game does that what avengers <laughs> oh, Except does it? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> How does Avengers do it? I don't even remember. I, I beat uh, that you game. Can, like there's there's like difficulties that you can change before you go into a mission, but mm. like ninety nine percent of the time, each time you finish it, you'll get some garbage that you don't care about. <laughs> so oh, it's almost oh, never yeah. worth it. You're like, I was like, oh, I'm just not gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. See, I li- I like that at least Outriders lets you do it like whenever you want, so you can just like yeah lower it and not worry about yeah. it. I don't know. I, I guess like it still feels like a first or a single player third person shooter with RPG trappings as opposed to a live service game for me currently. Like I wonder. I'm starting to rethink what the kind of what is the line that you cross when when it to become a live service game. And it doesn't seem like they're doing anything like oh regular events or you need to. I don't no. Know what it is. Maybe maybe like I I don't think I've played enough, but maybe it is part of like that keep grinding because there's one trillion weapons in here and you need to get the best ones before the yeah raid. like no one's talking about raids for outriders are they no one's talking about like that kind of dungeons or stuff like that it's just like you play it and then you're done i agree which makes it weirder that like they do seem to be somewhat pitching it as like a live service game or like that it has this replayability because i i'm with you where it's like oh i'll beat the story and then i'm probably good you know i i don't really see a reason to like keep going it's such a weird thing because i bet you the idea of a live service game is what is likely to get it's more likely to get a game green lit and supported monetarily from a publisher side but i bet you if they market it 
as like this is not a live they they haven't made it clear that this is not really a live service game and i every time i tell someone that they're like oh that i'm kind of interested in that now then if it's just like a mm-hmm. co-op shooter that i can be done with like gears or something like that with some rpg trappings i'm into it but yeah. they're just not making a big deal out of the fact that it's not gonna it's not a game that you have to dedicate your rest of your life to. yeah it's way more like a borderlands in that yeah. sense it's really like what it should be more pitched as because I, I would i would say yeah that's the more comparable comparison mm. i want to see how i feel about it like playing co-op because i also don't find the combat like the best uh partly because like so it's like a third person shooter but the game very much doesn't want you to stay in cover mm-hmm. like like they want you to be running around and using the powers but on the difficulty uh, like me playing, like even when I'm like bring it down to like I guess normal difficulty, it it's they're th- it's pretty demanding. Like they're throwing so much yeah. at you, where it's like okay, either you have like a bunch of dudes rushing you constantly, and you're like okay, I need to like be like constantly zipping around, or you have like guys with snipers like shooting you like with pinpoint accuracy from like hundreds of yards away. So I'm like, am I supposed to be like bunkering down in cover and playing it like very strategically, or am I supposed to be like constantly? you know, rolling around, like I haven't found like a good flow of like gameplay where I feel like I'm like, I'm in tune with the game and like what the game wants me, how the game wants me to play it. Like I, and I'm still super early. There's a whole skill tree of powers that I I haven't unlocked and the powers are the most interesting part. So I'm hoping it, it eventually clicks, but right now I'm just like, yeah, this isn't like the best combat. It's just kind of okay. And, and, like I said, the story's got some interesting ideas, but uh, I don't know. Not, nothing, for nothing. It's not doing one particular thing good enough for me to feel like really invested in it. From everything you guys have said so far, it sounds like almost every aspect. It's just like in everything is in competition with each other. Like it wants to be a cover shooter, but it's telling mm. you it's kind of not. It wants to tell a serious story, but also there's weird jokes. It wants to be a live service game, but it's kind of not that. It's more of just like a multiplayer rpg like it just seems like there were very uh, like just there just wasn't a super clear um direction but you know like i probably won't actually i might play it because it's free on game pass but like like, if that wasn't a thing i probably would have skipped this entirely i mean the thing though it's game pass it's cross play Mm -hmm. yep um as well so it is cross play but communication Uh, still is is something that you gotta consider yeah. Mate. yeah, so I was thinking like, Xbox yeah. on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens. Um, I feel like I I feel like I need to channel the the energy of our recently departed, who's not dead, still alive, reviews editor to say that um, as interim reviews editor, I feel like it's necessary to say like this is everything we've said is based on early impressions, few hours of the game, mm-hmm. like, yep. and obviously mm-hmm. individual to each person. Um, we Having said that, we got our we got our hands on the game at the same time it went live. Um, we do have a review in, in the works, um, so uh, keep an eye out on the site. We probably will be taking a little bit of time to finalize the review, but there might be something written and in terms of video up before that um, mm-hmm. to kind of like early, early review impressions. But yeah, we're, all of this is basically early days early hours of the game and subject to change or subject not to change so yeah that's that's our initial thoughts on it mm-hmm. that's that oh and that as oh and, and it, the game always makes you be online and if my internet dropped out for half a second booting me out of the game damn 
It did so, that. It did that. It wanted me when I started playing it on Xbox to get like my the beta done. It was like you need to sign into a Square Enix account. I was like, no. I mean, well, you're not playing this game then. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, we've been going for almost an hour, and we are still talking about the games we've been playing. So we should probably move on to topics. All right, and we are back. First thing I want to talk about, we'll kind of breeze through these a little bit, but there was a Cyberpunk Investors Call as well as a patch. Uh, I didn't watch the Investors Call, but I read some articles. Tomorrow, I imagine you watched it, but I'll try to sum it up, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but basically, they were pretty. the big thing is that they were pretty vague about whether or not Cyberpunk multiplayer was still a thing. They said they were working on like multiplayer infrastructures for all of their franchises, but they didn't say give any updates on the cyberpunk multiplayer but they also didn't say it wasn't a thing the apparently weird, it was really awkward the weird thing is um there have been reports that it's been cancelled so some places publications are reporting that it's cancelled and it's no longer happening and while we can't say definitively that isn't the case we also can't say definitively that is the case and that's mm-hmm. the problem the future of the cyberpunk multiplayer is very very confusing and currently up in the air the thing that they did is they kind of said hey we're working on stuff to bring multiplayer to a bunch of our franchises and it felt like taking it for what it is it sounded like we're working on tech to make multiplayer more integratable into our single player experiences whether that means existing ones so like we've stuffed uh, multiplayer into cyberpunk and i don't know the witcher or whatever it may be or it means we're working on new games that are entirely multiplayer or it means we're making another witcher game or another cyberpunk game and it's going to have multiplayer in there is completely unclear so they said a bunch of words there and everyone went what in polish and then like that's it Um, yeah it was uh from what i read people seemed very confused and i was very confused the only thing i could think of when they were like talking about integrating multiplayer and other franchises was like a witcher mmo um which is something that i think could be kind of cool but also, I don't really want. I can't. Well, like I don't Monster want Hunt- CD Project Red Monster to do Hunter, I would pay good money to see thirty Geralt's running around one place. Oh, I, right? I would love it. They they need to go like the old. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, what, what was that old Star Wars uh, MMO? The ga- Galaxy. The Old Republic. Or no, no, no. no, no ga- just, yeah, I know Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah, was yeah. it just Star Wars? Star Galaxies? Wars Galaxies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where Galaxies? the original version of that game. To, like, be a Jedi, you had to go on this, like, insanely long, Mm -hmm. like, quest. It was, like, super difficult, and, like, only a few people could be a Jedi at a time, and it was, like, this big ordeal. So, like, that's what I want. Like, only, Mm. like, a handful of people in the MMO are allowed to be witchers. I I want everyone to be Geralt, and I want everyone to have a roach, but the roaches are very (laughs) confused because all the Geralt sound the same. So, if too many Geralt say roach... At the same time, the roach is like, what the, which one do I go to? And then I don't for, understand. And then for $20, you can get a bathtub mount, which Geralt just sits in the bathtub yeah. and it just glides around the world. No, I mean, like, fantasy style with it. Go all in. <laughs> I mean, like, jokes aside, though, it, it, it seemed very weird. Uh, I, I, I guess, like, in terms of something more concrete, we got that Cyberpunk 1.2 patch with Jean-Luc and I played. Mm-hmm. I played on PC. Jean-Luc played on PlayStation. We have a video up on that if you want to check it out. Um, but yeah, I, those, those are kind of the main things. Like the patches 
we talked about in the video, but it's it, it's just fixes. I think Jean-Luc, you put it pretty well by saying, if you've already finished the game and you're hoping this is going to be substantial, probably not. Um, it's, it's probably not what you're waiting for or hoping for. It's more just for people who maybe fell off or lost interest due to bugs or because a quest broke or something like that and they had to stop. Yeah. Um, and also, then it's like still unplayable on base PS4. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably the, the bigger thing. Base PS4 is still pretty rough. Um, PS5's PS5 is pretty good though. PS5 is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. If, if you happen to have bought it before, now's your, now's your chance. Oh, yeah. If you have it on disc. Yeah, because it's still not on PSN. And that's something yeah. that they talked about, I think. I don't know where it came from, actually. I probably should have looked that up. But I know that we had an article go up on GameSpot that said uh, they're feeling confident about bringing it back to PSN, which... It, like I said, should have read more, but I didn't. Know. <laughs> well, they also said they also said it being it not being on PSN would it is directly impacting. They think the sales on other platforms. Well, they said that they believe that having yeah. it on PSN will 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 have a knock on effect. Not necessarily. yeah, like it'll like it'll embolden people to buy it. I think what they if it's mean, if it's like fixed enough for Sony, then yeah, people... I think that's exactly what it means. Like if it's yeah. if it's on PSN, that means it's probably playable now, and then people will be like, oh, I've got it on it. I can get it on Xbox now. The article I read definitely was like, CD Projekt Red says it reason. not being on PSN mm, is affecting its sales. There's a reason I killed that story. <laughs> that <is> like, <laughs> that's not what it says. <laughs> well, anyway, that's all the 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 yeah. cd project red stuff next thing is that mario is dying tomorrow or if you're listening to this he's already dead <laughs> rip that's Bye. that's all i will elaborate on next story no <laughs> no, no, no please elaborate on the cnn article about it cnn business is there's a cnn article on it oh, yeah. they took business. it so seriously CNN got, got, they were like oh shit mario's about to be killed off Red. yeah they, I, they're like embedding tweets about <laughs> Uh, concerned fans upset that Mario is being killed off by Nintendo. It's like they <laughs> to be oh. entirely transparent. Once again, I didn't read the story for this. I just saw we had an article on it, and a lot of people were tweeting about it. But it's because Super Mario All Stars 3D is 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 yeah yeah that's why yeah right? it's like it's, it's not expiring. So maybe, but yeah. everyone's just joking that you Mario know is dead. Yeah, Mario is dead because the time is on on the game. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's like um. I don't know if you ever saw Gav Murphy from RKG did an amazing video about the <laughs> R.I.P. Luigi when Year of Luigi ended. Yeah. And that's the kind of, I don't know if they think it's the same deal where it's like people are just saying R.I.P. and he's actually, he's dead. I yeah. mean, Luigi's not dead, but. It could be. He might as well be to Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's he's not Waluigi. Uh friend of the show nick margarito was i was talking to him last night and he was like so should i should i go to the store and just buy the rest of the copies they have because my nearest like best buy's got like six of them and i was like like, oh my god i feel like i feel like somehow that will go wrong but only because it's nick yeah probably the moment nick tries to do that that's when the world goes no we're not allowing this because like i i bought two initially (laughs) i bought two copies because when Nintendo said they weren't going to release it, I was like, "Oh, I should save this. This is my this is this is my retirement fund right here." Yeah, and then save that for your kids. And then Callie wasn't able to get one. She was like, "Can can you just sell me yours?" And I was like, "All right, fine. You can have it for <laughs> the normal price." So I that's gone. But I think I still have a copy sealed because I was like, "I'm going to play this on Switch." And then I looked at it and I was like, "I don't fucking want to play Mario 64 or any of these games." I did that with Metroid Prime Trilogy for Wii. I bought like. I oh, I have that. Game yeah, store yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna buy the entire stock of this, 
and then I basically just gave away seven copies of it to my friends who I thought should play. Yeah. Um, did they play the it? Game. Some of them did. Others were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, cool." Take the one. Take it back from those who didn't play it. Yeah. You don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last story we have here, Lucy. You added it is about a Ubisoft movie deal. I read oh this one, but I'm oh gonna let God. you explain it. So, uh, Ubisoft Film and Television had uh, a women's film fellow uh, for 2020. Her name's Annabelle Seymour, and she secured a script deal for an original film. Just reading from the press release, the film is a romantic comedy with the working title Replay and follows a video game reviewer, unlucky in love, who is given the power to play her dating life like a video game. <sighs> and it's so... I, I'm trying... Des- like, I don't want to shit on something that hasn't even, at this point, I don't even think it's been written. <sighs> but it just... Something shouldn't be written. <laughs> I just don't... I, 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 think, I think it genuinely just comes from a place where gamers, dear gamers, are not understood, nevertheless portrayed properly. Like, God, do you remember the Black Mirror episode with, um, oh, what was it called? It was the guy who was essentially inspired by Kojima. Oh, was it the VR one with, like, Yeah, the the VR one. And, like, the girl at the beginning who sends um, fake Captain America in... Uh, is a video game reviewer. And it's like, I don't know. It's I just think, like such a weird I think the thing worst just... part of all this is whenever I see uh, someone say, our goal is to resonate with gamers. And it's like, gamers do not want you to resonate with them. They just want you to make good shit that they can enjoy. No one is out here being, woe is me, I'm a gamer. I wish someone could resonate with me other than, people who are like looking for life partners and stuff you know what i'm saying but like no one's no one's looking at like netflix or ubisoft again ubisoft we should make a movie that would resonate with me because they tried it was called assassin's creed it was but and and no prince of persia too yeah, prince prince of persia. Persia. that was better though wasn't it i like the prince Hall, great hair yeah definitely not from persia no, <laughs> absolutely not i was gonna say so like i i don't want to shit on this because I really appreciate the, like, hmm. the idea of the fellowship and the fact that Ubisoft are, you know, giving resources and money to uh, women and trying to be more inclusive and, you know, create these opportunities. However, I'm just already so concerned about the premise of the movie and the fact that women in the industry have to put up with so much shit, like an unbelievable amount of shit mm. that even, and maybe it's just because I've been a part of the industry for so long, but even hearing the phrase, oh, a female video game reviewer, unlucky in love, is given the power to play it. Like I just, or I'm like, oh my God, what terrible internet videos are going to be made about this? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what, where's yeah. the Twitter tirade going to come in? And it just, and I, and I, and I, maybe it's just, this is the point of my, life that i'm in and i desperately hope that this changes but it's like i feel like are you gonna even tackle what it's like to be a woman in the industry or is it just gonna be a happy go lucky comedy where everything's great i bet there'll be like one weird throwaway line about it like like she'll be in the office and like a male coworker or something will make a remark when like that's you know not if like and that's the thing it's like it's already so easy for me to formulate in my head the 
I, I'll bet that she's on some dating, like the character in the movie, I bet she's on some dating app and she says that she plays games and there'll be a response where it's like, oh, like Tetris or Solitaire, you know, like the shitty yeah. replies. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's, and, and maybe, and this is not like reflective of the entire being a woman in games thing because there are great people and supportive people and I have like a network of incredible people around me, but it's like, it, it's just so weird when, it just feels like it's such a gamer culture thing mm-hmm. to be taken on by an industry that I don't think understands us yet. Yeah. Well, I guess like kind of tied to this, but did anyone watch Mythic Quest? That Not yet, Apple, but I do Ubisoft have Apple TV. Show? Yeah, I, I got Apple TV because I started watching Ted Lasso, which is very mm-hmm. good. <laughs> I watched. A, I was feeling down yesterday and I watched a couple episodes yeah. and I just picked me right back up. But anyway, like I, I haven't seen it's that, practice. but I'm curious. Talking about practice. <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't seen Mythic Quest, but I'd be curious to see how yeah. like that was handled because you know well, I don't, that was written by in part by Ashley Birch, right? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I I feel like at least maybe Ubisoft hopefully knows what I they're really getting hope into. So. But yeah, like just reading the premise, it's like this sounds like a disaster. And that's yeah. and this thing, it's like it, it's it's a comp and like honestly, my whole relationship with being a woman in games is very complicated and. It's a very complicated and thing to tackle, but it, it's just like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up when I see stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just, you know, me. I also like she's given the power to play her dating life like a video game. Did someone tell did someone not tell Ubisoft they don't make the Sims? Mm. Ah. I wonder also, like, if there's uh, gonna be any jokes of... about what score she's gonna give her dating game. Yeah. Leveling up her dating game. I Don't, bet you that's yeah. gonna be the tagline. Yeah, oh yeah, that's oh, probably you're a six yeah. out of ten. Oh, oh and then I bet she'll I do, find I out do, that rating people by numbers doesn't work as well yeah. as rating I, people. I do hope that they take, take inspiration from modern dating games because that shit is wild. It's got pigeons and shit in there. Yeah. <laughs> Throw Make some it. pigeons in there. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Is like they've already dating. I feel like has already been gamified yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh god, it's all pigeons and daddies. Uh, don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, anyway, let's move on to listener questions for this week. If you've got questions for us, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at redventures.com or you can join our Discord server by DMing one of us and we will get you right in there. There is a channel for questions right there so you can ask away. But anyway, the first question comes from Robert. What was your favorite April Fool's joke from a developer? Did you ever pull one yourself? So quickly, I want to shout out Rob's uh, yeah. April Fool's Zelda video, How to Pilot a Guardian. I think it's one of the best videos we've done since I've been here. Mm-hmm. It's so good. S- people still fall for it today. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But mm-hmm. I think that is like, as far as GameSpot goes, I think that's probably the best yeah. April Fool's we've yeah. done since I've been here. If you go to that video, there are like recent comments. Of yeah, you can like, I tried this and it didn't work. <laughs> and, um, it's like, I, I, and it's like, I spent three weeks on this and it didn't work. It's like, my dude, so you are. So, <laughs> it's so good. Like, it just looks like it's so doable. Is, is <sighs> Girk and Rob, uh, Girk yeah. helped with all the graphics. Rob did the editing. I remember Rob was in the office all night doing that. He came to like, I think Mary and Peter had like a birthday party at the park next day. And he came to that just like basically asleep. A shell of a human. editing that all night. <gasps> from a developer uh... the 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 garris body pillow 
was a good one yeah. because they yeah, eventually I'm made sad. it real. Yeah. I, so <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm going to be the one. I can't believe I'm going to be the one who says this, but the best April Fool's joke pulled by a developer is the Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring that up. Too, OK, yeah. good. <laughs> what was that one? Because oh. it was actually the, just the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said it was an April Fool's joke. They released the trailer for turn based Yakuza. And then what, like six months later, they were like, yeah, that's actually a game. A, yeah, uh, a double well, layer like joke. response, right? Like they, they felt better about doing <laughs> They, they say they like, that they keep but, changing it yeah but i'm like looking at the timeline and i'm like okay to like realistically implement that into the game i'm like mm, yeah was yeah. it yeah. was it I, brilliant that was definitely right like there. the pitch video they made for like the core team uh to get the game like greenlit at like sega one, uh, one funny one that i remember reading i was like that's pretty good is i think it was last year or two years ago where activision made shipment uh 10v10 match so it was like a nightmare because that is like the smallest <laughs> map in the game and it was just like oh my god everyone's just dying constantly god that was pretty good and then there was one I... where i think like ubisoft made all the characters in for honor very small <laughs> <laughs> that's really good overwatch overwatch put all the googly eyes on yeah that was really good like i mean i'm looking back now and seeing like what gaming April Fools Dishonored did an April Fools commentary gameplay? I haven't seen that. Hmm. Oh, Valve did a Half Life Three joke. Oh, um, that's that's a good one. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Connect. Um, yeah, chess receives version one point zero one patch. You, you go back to that well, and it's a lot of it's just kind of embarrassing now. I feel like yeah. <laughs> to look at. Here's a big gaming April Fool's Day 2020 recap. What have we got? Final pub, final ba what fantasy battle royale for PUBG? What? Like none of these are good. Kirby yeah. vacuum cleaner. That was a good one. A fake Death Stranding movie poster. K. Mm -hmm. Good job. Sweary brings up D4. I think that's the thing we found out about like doing April Fool's stuff at GameSpot is that like if you're going to do it, you really have to do it. And that's why we don't do it as often because, you know, Rob was there all night like working yeah. on that video. Yeah. Like you really have to commit. And if you don't commit, like it, it just doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> I just saw this one and it reminded me it happened. There was a while back a few years ago, 2019, where uh, the Anthem subreddit rebranded as Tom Clancy's Division 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, no. That was pretty good. <laughs> We've moved on, lads. Oh. Huh? Um, that was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, actually, looking back at this, this listicle, uh, Smosh made a Legend of Zelda Netflix series trailer in 2015. <laughs> Wasn't that IGN didn't that, that, too? Didn't IGN yeah, yeah. do the same thing? Did yeah. they? It was it was way before that because I remember going over to a friend's house and him being like, "Did you see the Zelda movie trailer? It looks terrible." And I watched it and I was like, "I think this is an April Fool's joke." And he was like, "No, it's not. <laughs> no, like, man, look, it's these are real actors." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, oh yeah, no, yeah. Smosh. I think Smosh did it in 2015. I'm not sure when IGN did it, but now that's actually happening. So that's weird." <laughs> What, can, what else can we manifest? Is it happening or did it get cancelled? I thought I thought it was happening unless it got killed. I think it got... Oh, no, didn't didn't Nintendo kill it because... Or at least the rumour was like Nintendo killed it because it leaked and they were yeah. mad about it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> if we can't have it, no one can have it. Yeah. You mean people saw this before I was ready? What? Kill it. <laughs> get rid. Uh, next question's from Mr. Blue MD. Lucy, do you want to read this one? Hi, Dr. Blue. 
Um, hey, After Dark Crew, I'm wondering what game or games you've really enjoyed that are generally considered to be not great. Oblivion <laughs> from earlier chat. Well, no, Oblivion's great, but it's like it's, it's like it's <laughs> like weird standards, to, rec- yeah. to recommend. Yeah. yeah. For example, I played Final Fantasy 13 years removed from its initial release and quite enjoyed my time with it. Sonic Spinball is another that comes to mind. I adore this game. Hope you're all doing well. Speaking of Sonic, I just remembered another April Fools. There was a, a little while back where the Sonic the Hedgehog account. Uh, unveiled the Sonic collection, which was like a bunch of merchandise <laughs> with that really ugly meme Sonic on it. And it was like hey, a, he's not ugly. He's perfect. It was like a t-shirt and like a mug, and and it was like Sonic collection. Who thought this was a good idea? Question mark. <laughs> uh, yeah. A game that's like not great. Ooh. Uh, I only play good games, so this is a tough one for me. I mean, just kidding. <laughs> It's it's weird because like everyone loved Bioshock Infinite when it came out and there it's definitely the opinion has soured but I still enjoy a lot of it there's some yeah. bits of it that's just baffling to me but I yeah. do enjoy a lot of it still yeah. I'm 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 the same with you on that one mm-hmm. But yeah. I would still say that's a good game. I don't think that's considered to be not great. I think uh, I think a lot of people thought Alpha Protocol was crap but actually Oh yeah, it's that's a good one. Very good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what about uh, <laughs> kind of Oh, sort of. the What's the Sega game where you binary have to squad domain. binary domain? Oh, yep. binary domain's excellent. I will hear that. was another one, yeah. That's well, people like kind of dismissed it, but mm-hmm. it's got a robot with a scarf on, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a French accent. Yeah. What and Big Bo. And you tell him you love him. He's fantastic. You, and you can Majima's do, a skin in the multiplayer. Yeah, and you can like voice command some of them very poorly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> binary <laughs> domain, what a great game. What a great game. What a classic. I'm trying to think of like, I don't know. I feel like we don't get AAA games as bad as they used to be anymore. Because no, games are so I, expensive. Yeah, yeah, I would say like I remember enjoying Rise: Son of Rome quite a bit, and yeah, I don't think I enjoyed Rise. I don't think people dislike that necessarily. I think it was just like a very like well, not cheaply made, but like quickly made small game just to show off how cool the Xbox One looked. But like I remember thinking the story was pretty interesting. That game got caught up in the fanboy wars because uh, people started calling it the God of War killer. And, oh. and then it came out and it was like everyone yeah, went, no. excuse you? Why would you do that? Because I, I, I remember yourself. I didn't get that right away because I didn't think it looked that good. Uh, even though like there wasn't much to get on an Xbox One. Um, but I ultimately got it and played through it and I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. I'm happy I did that. Um, yeah. I, I guess like launch games are what come to mind, like Xbox launch games, particularly like I remember playing cameo elements of power and thinking that was pretty good. But then I yeah. tried replaying it recently when, with the backwards compatibility and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this game, nope, is, is not good. I don't know how I made it through. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think, I, I can't think of many else, but I think like for me, Alpha Protocol and Binary Domain are it. Those are two um, great examples, yeah. 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 Right. Well, last question here. Mr. Blue MD's question made me think of 13 based on the comic book of the same name. Uh, what's your favorite What's your favorite game based on an existing property, aka best licensed game? This one's from Jacob McCourt. The first one that comes to mind to me is is the King Kong game, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Mm. Yeah, that game, yeah, that was good. That game is wild. Like I haven't oh. played it in a while, but so many of the the things that that game does became like trends in the industry much later. Like no, there's like a button <laughs> dedicated to just your character telling you how much ammo you had in your gun, which is is I think is so cool. The bad parts are when you're King Kong. 
<laughs> yeah. with those parts. But like when you're playing as Jack, I thought that game was pretty cool. I'm sure if I played it now, I wouldn't like it as much. But uh, yeah, at the, the game time, was like the, the Far Cry Two of its day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, that was the other one, one I was thinking. That always of too. comes to mind. Chronicles of Riddick, absolutely uh, slaps. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Return of the King in particular. Bang yes. Yeah. Which one was uh, the chamber? Was it Chamber of Secrets? That was the decent Harry Potter game. There was one. Well, of them so the thing is, it's like the first two were pretty good on PS One. Yeah. And then they did. I don't know if they did three. They did three. They've done all. I've played every single they've, one of them. They've done all of them, but like I don't know if they did it in the same like PS One style by that team. Mm. I, don't, I don't remember what three. I, was I remember like. three changed direction a little bit. So so. Yeah. Well, the first three were like their own like interpretation and it was for when they shifted to just using like the movie license. Like it was like mm-hmm. now you're playing as Daniel Radcliffe and it like yeah. kind of stopped being good. Uh, I really like the first three. Yeah, uh, I, I love the first two. But no, Lord of the Rings, especially because they couldn't make Fellowship because someone was already making the book like someone already had the rights i think to the book version of fellowship and that's why they never got like the movie tie yeah there's for a there's a pc fellowship game it's not it's good. bad it's not no, good you, i've played you it you play as hobbits and for you play as like i think the hobbits you play as frodo you play as aragorn gandalf i think maybe and i think yeah yeah you do play as gandalf but like i got like there's a bit where you through. just you're in the up. shower and you're just throw in the shower you're in the shire <laughs> and you're throwing rocks <laughs> you're in the shower oh. with gandalf Good, John Luke remembers that moment. <laughs> I do remember that moment. Uh, good, good Lord of the Rings game, The Hobbit game, though, quite excellent in my opinion. It was by Vivendi. Oh, yeah, it was like yeah, a, the, little, it was like a cartoony take yeah, on the Hobbit. It was like a little platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I remember really liking that game. There's a, Lego Lord of the Rings as well. Yeah, there's a good. I think the Buffy the Vampire Slayer game was pretty good on Xbox. I had a friend who was really into that. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. Um, and then also... Lost via Dormus, no. obviously. The clear winner of this. <laughs> oh, no. Absolute uh, shiter. I bet we've talked about that game we have. more <laughs> on this podcast than like anyone has in the past 10 years. Unofficial <laughs> like, Lost via Dormus <laughs> fan podcast. Sp- Spider-Man 2. I have to bring up Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. 2. Someone mentioned Spider-Man that 2. in the uh, Discord, but Spider-Man 2 I played a lot of. I remember yeah. thinking it was so yeah. crazy that your webs actually had to attach to buildings because yeah. Spider-Man, the the one based on the first movie was just like swinging in air and it was dumb. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I didn't have a console as a kid, so I had a PC. So I bought, I heard everyone talk about how great Spider-Man 2 is, so I picked it up on the PC. Different game. Yeah, oh, really? Hot different game. garbage. Did not know about that I picked. I, oh. I, I, I remember, because I was a dumb kid, the, the guy was like, oh, do you want the strategy guide too? You know, at the, at the GameStop. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll get it. Because I was a dumb kid, and why not? Oh, no, and, and then you compared the two. <laughs> I, I, not only did I compare the two, so th- they actually did have... In the back of the book, they devoted the last like ten pages to the PC version. They like kind of threw it in as a little bonus, and you could just like how short it was and how bad it looked. And then I would look God. at the, I, I would yeah, I would just spend my nights looking at the the PS2 version, and be like, oh, this is what I could have been playing. This is what you could have. <sighs> I just I just double checked because I thought it was based on a movie, but apparently it's not based on a movie. But back in uh 1998 neversoft made a game called apocalypse which is like a third person shooter that has bruce willis in it and has got like his voice and his what? And oh his i remember this i thought it was based on a movie it apparently isn't i think i just saw 
Bruce Willis, and I was like, yeah, yeah. that's based on uh, the character from Friends. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so two quick ones: uh, The Simpsons hit and run. I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. GTA Lite. I remember playing a lot of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. South Park Stick of Truth. I really enjoyed yeah. at the time. Haven't mm-hmm. replayed since. Uh, so I don't know I how didn't well like that would hold up. I like Fractured Butthole. No, no I, I gave that like 10 minutes it. and I was like, no. Mm. Yeah. Um, do do the, like the Def Jam games count? Because they're technically licensing rappers. I'd say so. Because I was sure. also going to say like the Rainbow Six games as well. Because technically, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they're licensed anymore. Ubisoft just owns them. But at mm. one point, I think they were licensed. Maybe not. I don't yeah, know. And they were like somewhat loosely based on the books, kind of. Yeah. And then Ubisoft, lastly. Ubisoft literally owns that name, Tom Clancy. Yeah. I, heard they, they, I heard they consult with him still. Um, when from from Beyond from, the Grave. From, from the Beyond the Grave? <laughs> yeah, it's called Ghost Recon. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was this your best one yet <laughs> that's so annoying You've peaked. oh my god <laughs> absolutely got him <laughs> fucking hell I don't think I can say anything after that <laughs> uh, okay but I'm going to say one more uh, Tamor did you play the Punisher game for PS2 yeah, I played it on PC where you could remove the uh, the thing that would make the camera pan away. And oh, you were yeah. Doing something horrible. So you got to see all the gruesome like, I, kills. I, I played a lot of that game. I don't remember if it was good, but I played a lot of it just because I wanted to punish your game so bad. And, and it was probably like a very okay third person shooter, but it was developed by the people who did Saints Row, wasn't it? I forget what they're called. Oh, Volition. 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 Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. Any last minute things come to mind before we wrap this up? I've said all I need to say. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You certainly did. God. <laughs> X-Men Destiny was a crime. Oh my God, yeah. It was a crime. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, anyway, that's been episode 87 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for listening and thank you for joining me. Uh, Lucy, what are you working on and where can people find you? Um, I'm working on some Mass Effect stuff. I'm... On Twitter at Lucy James Gabes. I don't know when the Mass Effect stuff's going to come out, so please be excited. Tomorrow, uh, how about you? I am working on stuff behind the scenes. I am trying to do Kelly's job, <laughs> which is a lot, it turns out. Um, Godspeed. Yeah, wow. uh, but yeah, we've got console crew this week. Uh, I oh, did, yeah. Uh, Jake, John, Luke, and I kind of collaborated on a uh, Mass Effect video that went out last week mm-hmm. on the Protheans, which is up now. You can watch. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And John, Luke, how about you? You can find me at John Luke Seipke. I should hopefully, some point over the weekend, have a, a video about the Elgato sound panels. I got Ooh. sent some of those, and I... I, I don't know if you can tell, but my voice now sounds much crisper and less uh, oh. uh, echoey. Yeah, uh, That's I, what I that did, is. I saw those in the mail room and I was like, oh, someone in our building's got uh, Elgato sound panels. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know it was you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I should have a video uh, about those over the weekend. Otherwise, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll be doing some, some stuff around Outriders. So look forward. Please, please be excited for Outriders. Uh, you can find me at Jacob Deck, and I think I should have a video on Disco Elysium coming soon. Ooh. Final cut, so hopefully we'll see. But anyway, we'll see y'all next week.